Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. My name is Joe Barlow. Let's get started. We're continuing in the series. Man, Jason, I am just totally bummed out. <laughs> I want to do my best not to ramble. Continuing in the series of Lion Maker, being and going. We spent a weekend uh, this past weekend at, at Ebenezer. The leadership team did of uh, Deer Camp. It was a great weekend for, uh, for the leadership group to come together to see what's been built at uh, Ebenezer. And then Saturday for the alumni to come join us Saturday afternoon and Saturday night for dinner. Great opportunity up there. In that, Roan shared something just briefly that he shared uh, when you were gone, Phil, when you were in, in California with your daughter's wedding. It just stuck with me when Phil, when, when, when Roan shared it in here and he shared it again this past weekend. And I, I know most of the guys in here heard it. And I just want to repeat it again. And Roan, if I get it wrong, you'll laugh, I'm sure. But when we start, when we start in deer camp, you know, part of the reason behind it is, is it, it's, it's an opportunity for a man to tell a story. Where are you? The first question is asked. Where are you? And that question is asked out of Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve have eaten of the fruit of the tree, and God asked, where are you? Where are you? That's a question Deer Camp starts with. Where are you? Where are you in your personal journey? In the fall, God tells Adam that he will toil in the dirt through the thistles and the weeds and the thorns. Life's going to be hard. I never heard it quite put the way Rome put it, where it's man's going to have to work. Not work like what's your vocation, lawyer or construction laborer or bricklayer, but you're going to have to work. That's what deer camp is about. That's a place to begin to do work. That's a place to begin to reconcile your life because you live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. It's a place to begin to reconcile your life with God, the Father. Yesterday was Ash Wednesday. We start into the series, into the, into the time of year of Lent. It's not so much the work that Christ did on the cross as it is him rising from the grave. All of that's brought together from Genesis 3 to the resurrection of Christ and how your story plays out at Deer Camp. Next one is March 23rd through 5, a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. We've got one spot left for a new guy. One spot left, and then we've got another one in April. Mm -hmm. Then after that, it'll be Fish Camp. But that's an opportunity for you to begin to see where God works in your life and begin to feel what it's like to walk with other men, not alone, not isolated. It's an important journey. I encourage you to do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, I thank you for my brothers in this room. I thank you for the leadership team. I thank you for Phil. Thank you for ceasefire and for the breakfast provided. Lord, more than anything else, as we enter the season, may we remember that you took the sins of the world on you. You succumbed to those sins. In your work on the cross, 
You took it all. You bared it all. And then you rose from the grave. May we serve a risen, risen Savior. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Happy Thursday. Um, excited about our time this morning uh, because this morning uh, we come to the end of our series, uh, Lion Maker. Uh, it's been a great uh, process. I trust that God has spoken to your heart um, through this series. Uh, certainly has spoken um, to my heart in you know, again, this lion maker uh, or this lion metaphor is really uh, intended to be all about Jesus. Um, and I certainly want to end strong uh, by pointing you to Jesus this morning. That, that is my prayer and that is my heart is that you will be much more focused on Jesus as we end our time today and as we go out of here. So I have a song for you that I want to offer you. Um, I've offered this song to you before. Uh, the group is different, songs the same, but the, uh, it's being uh, sung by a different group and a visual is different. But you look at your notes there um, in the words to the song. Um, lion. God of Jacob, great I am, king of angels, son of man, voice of many waters, song of heaven's throne, louder than the thunder, Make your glory known. Hell, hell, line of Judah, let the lion roar. Hell, hell, line of Judah, let the lion roar, roar. May you hear the roar of Jesus and open, may he open our hearts to what he has for us this morning.
Amen. Run to the roar. Run to the roar. Incredible visuals. May that song rattle around in your head for the rest of your life and mine. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Today, uh, we conclude our series on the line maker. And I'm excited about uh, the series that we will begin. It'll be um, a uh, study on the life of um, Jacob. I wanted to do that study for a long, long time. Um, one of the most broken men in the Bible and the father of Israel. So we'll look at a broken man that God uh, has uh, pointed us to Jesus uh, through. Um, but as we finish up um, this series um, this morning, um, this is a call to arms, to take action. Be the lion. Be the lion. Um, I want to call you out this morning. I want to call you uh, to action. I want to call you to hate the passivity in you and around you. Uh, too many men, way too passive, way too passive. Every man has a circle of influence this morning, whether it be your children, uh, your grandchildren, your family, your community. Every man um, needs to be leaving a wake uh, through his um, circle of influence. I want to call you to be much more active, much more intentional, and much more deliberate about the action that you're taking in your community, uh, in your family. And first and foremost, you got to be intentional about your own personal growth. Um, don't try to uh, go out and, and start helping if you're not working on your own uh, life. As I've said many times, and you've heard me say this, even in my profession, don't trust a therapist who's not done his own work. Uh, that's not healthy. And, um, you know, I've got two graduate degrees and all kinds of certificates and all that, but uh, the hospital bracelet was on my arm uh, for 30 days in a mental hospital is the best training I ever had. I needed that. Probably they needed to keep me more than 30 days. 30 days was too, too short. It was, it was a good start. Yeah, it kind of primed the pump. Carla took care of the rest. So pick up your pen and uh, let's go to work. And again, through this whole series, I've offered you this uh, paradigm of B. Um, and that's the idea um, of um, uh, personal growth. Um, be, be a grower, if you will, and then go. Uh, and as you're uh, being a lion, becoming a lion, be a lion maker. Go make lions. Um, be and go. And I offer you this paradigm there on your notes. Again, a dream written down with a date uh, it, uh, becomes a goal. And as I've said to you throughout, we're using the word dream um, as a synonym for the idea of growth. I want you to be a dreamer 
and I want you to be a grower. And as you're a grower, you're a dreamer. As you're a dreamer, you're a grower. In order to reach your dreams, you've got to grow. And if you don't have dreams, uh, you're not growing. Where are you headed? And so a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your dreams a reality. So once again, you got to be working with pen and paper, writing it down, writing it down. So question number one, what are your dreams? In other words, what is what are your goals and plan? Um, what do you got written on paper about how you want to grow this year? And, and again, a good way to, to break into bite size your goals is the model of Jesus. Jesus grew physically, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. Luke 2.52. And Jesus continued to increase... Um, in um, uh, wisdom and in stature and in relationship to God and man. Those four areas, Jesus was continually growing, going through a process. It's a good way to assess where you are in your growth. Emotional EQ, uh, emotional intelligence, physical growth, how are you taking care of your body? Um, spiritually, how are you developing intimacy with God and relationally? What relationships do you need to attend to? So first question I would ask you, what are your dreams? Would you share what action you're taking as a result of this series? What are your dreams? Write that down. And, and if you just write down this morning, I need to get a plan. I don't have a plan of growth. I don't have any real dreams, intentional growth. Confess that. Acknowledge that. But I hope you can jot some things down. As a way to kind of encourage you, uh, inspire you, um, motivate you, um, I've asked Jason Brown if Jason will come and, and share in um Jason's a dear friend. Um, man, I, I've been so honored to be a part of, of, of Jason's journey uh, the last several years. Uh, Jason is a certified financial planner, but his real claim to fame is he's married to Andrea. Uh, he, he outkicked his coverage, uh, as many of us uh, did. Uh, those of us that know Andrea very well, is known, she's known as Andy to us. But I love Jason. I want you to get to know him better. Jason, tell us your story. Thank you, man. Good morning. Um, oh, sorry. This is supposed to be prepared before you hand it to <laughs> Good morning. Um, thank you for the introduction. Um, so just out of the sake of time and being really brief, um, I'm not going to start back at the beginning of my story, but just kind of focus on the last five, ten years or so. Um, if any of you guys are going to cook breakfast uh, tomorrow morning or Saturday morning and you're going to have eggs and bacon, the analogy I like to use is, you know, the, the chicken is involved and the pig is committed to that breakfast. And uh, my story 10 years ago was I got plugged in somehow with Phil's office. Um, 
through just happenstance, uh, kind of a mutual friend type of deal, had a session. I was struggling, didn't know really where to go, who to turn to, and and uh, he gave me his session. So that's how I ended up on Phil's couch. Um, and I learned through the next few years, uh, Phil taught me actually how to hide better. Um, I, was, uh, I was not ready uh, for the vulnerability and for the, um, the exposure that was required for me to grow. Um, I think a lot of us in this room can relate to that feeling. And um, so anyways, 10 years ago, I, I went to my, or actually in 2014, November 2014, I went to my first deer camp. Um, it was amazing, it was life-changing, but I wasn't ready for the real growth that needed to happen. Uh, throughout my life and, and throughout my story, my struggle was pornography. Um, and so rightfully I got married because that would fix it uh, and make everything better. And uh, so married my high school sweetheart who Phil mentioned, Andy, uh, who works with Phil, ironically enough. So he's, she's the better part of both of us uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyways, as I struggled with that, you know, um, the addiction gets worse and worse and worse. And I ended up failing in my marriage and, and failed in many different areas. Uh, fell flat on my face and really just learned how to cover it up better. Um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't willing to do the work. But the whole time, uh, as I look back on it now, I can see God's hand. Uh, I can see his presence working in that story and working uh, to bring me to my knees, essentially. So I had my grace awakening, as I'm going to affectionately call it, uh, about four years ago now. And um, I've never been in such a low place, uh, suicidal. Um, I was, uh, I wanted to hide, I wanted to run away. I felt like my life was falling apart. I didn't know who I was, where I was going, where I'd been. Um, I couldn't even tell you which way was north or which direction my house was for that matter. Um, and so I was in a dark place. And um, luckily throughout the, the previous years, even though I wasn't as involved uh, or committed as I wanted to be or needed to be, uh, I knew where to turn. And so um, purely by the grace of God, I, I turned into the community. And several of the men in this room, I'm, I'm looking at a few of them now, uh, that walked with me through that process. And uh, it hurt, it was painful. I describe it uh, like being pull pulled through the keyhole of a door by my scrotum. It was not fun. Um, however, that's graphic. That's, yeah, very that's graphic. graphic. Imagery. I got the picture, I got the picture. Yeah, I like imagery. Um, so anyways, as, as you can imagine, um, I, 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 was, I was hurting um, and lost, um, but somehow I managed to turn, like I said, into the group, and these guys walked with me, and so that Grace Awakening began about four years ago, um, and God brought me to my knees and uh, humbled me, uh, and thank God for it. I wouldn't change a thing about it. Uh, my wife and I talk about our story. We shared openly with people. Um, and one of the things that we both agree on is though it hurt and it was painful uh, and we never want to go through that again, um, we, would, uh, we wouldn't change a thing about it. We're, we're very thankful for it. And so I can see God's hand working through all of that to bring me here. Um, and so one of the things that I've been very blessed with is uh, in that life of recovery and doing the work that was needed for me to heal the past traumas, the past emotional distress, and getting better wholeness uh, and rediscovering the life that God had intended for me was I get to be a part of the Deer Camp community in, in the form of a leader. Um, and I, I currently sit on Phil's board, which I still don't know why he asked me to do that. Um, I think he's just trying to bring down the average age a little bit. Uh, so, but, uh, but I get to be a part. Do what? 
Yeah, I get to be a part uh, of the of the community, and uh, I love this community. I love the Deer Camp process. It is life changing. Uh, it is life saving, and it is so desperately needed uh, in our culture and in our world. And so, um, part of my plan and and, and part of uh, my journey and where I'm at now is just providing some more structure for Phil and, and getting to be a part. Um, of the organization and the planning of, of Deer Camp and BPO moving forward. Um, and like I said, it, it has been uh, painful at times. It doesn't always look pretty, uh, but thank God for it. I wouldn't change a thing uh, because I get to stand in front of you guys today and just share a little bit about my story. Um, and um, my wife and I have never been in a better place. I've never been more connected. I've never been more loved than I am today. Uh, and I look forward to what tomorrow brings. Uh, there will be more pain, there will be more growth, um, but thanks to the community of men that I have, I, I can walk through it um, and, and be confident in who I am and, and where I'm going. So thank you guys. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. The hand of God in the heart of a man. So beautiful, so beautiful. Second question that I would ask you, how have you learned humility? Jason mentioned it in his story, you know, um, God humbled me, quote unquote, God humbled me. Guys, every uh, man in this room um, hopefully has a story like that. We are prideful, arrogant, self-centered, self-absorbed creatures. It's called sin. Uh, and yet God has to do the Na Nancy Kerrigan thing on our kneecaps. You know, Whoa, why did this have to happen? Because you're prideful. You're arrogant. You're a man. So what is your story of humility? And I, and I hope you can share that. And, and typically, guys, our stories of humility are the hardest times of our life. And it brings us to Jesus, brings us to our knees. We surrender unless we just bow up and we become more arrogant and more prideful and more angry and more foolish or just downright stupid. A lot of stupid men running around. I was one of them and still can be on any given day. Well, it, well, actually, every day I am stupid on some level, every day. But it's a little more limited than it once was. So this idea of growth, and we're going to tease this out in the minutes that we have together, all character, all growth, the fertile um uh, land um of uh planting growth is humility god is opposed to the proud that's very clear in james chapter four every problem that you have and every problem that i have is being perpetuated by my pride and my arrogance and your pride and your arrogance Humility um, restores relationship. 
I had a couple in my office um, this week, and I hadn't seen them in about three months. Um, and they just, you know, quit coming. And I figured, I'd, you know, I'd said something or, you know, made them mad or something, you know, whatever. But no, I, I, I was delighted to see them back on my uh, schedule. And so when I got them seated, I said, so welcome back. Glad to see you. What's happened? And you know what he said to me? He said, I learned uh, after reading a book called Love and Respect that what I needed to do was start loving my wife and quit being so prideful and arrogant and demanding respect. And maybe if I loved her, that she would respect me. But I was asking for the respect without the love. Wow. And you know what I said? I said, well, dude, you kind of hurt my feelings because you did all this without my help. <laughs> you know, I was trying to help you for six months. I was trying to tell you all this and you read a book. You paid $15 for the book. The book's cheaper than me. But no, in all seriousness, I was delighted. Delighted. And sometimes, you know, God will hit us in the head with a book, a conversation, a movie clip, a song, you know, it, even the gospel. It's like, you know, I've been in church all my life, never heard this. Well, you know, boom, all of a sudden, the hound of heaven bites you on the butt and gets your attention. Humility. Guys, I want to ask you this morning to consider asking God to reveal the prideful, arrogant areas in your life. All growth comes out of the soft, fertile ground of humility. There is no growth with pride and arrogance. None. There's just defense. Third question I'd ask you, what action are you taking uh, or will you take as a result of this series? And man, I just pray that this series has been a motivator to grow. Um, what action will you take? I want to ask Roan uh, to come up. And, and Roan uh, has taken some action. I, I love how our community is, is influencing um, our culture in whatever way we can. And uh, Roan's got kind of an update on the piece. Mm, thank you, guys. Um, you know, I mentioned this uh, one of the times when Phil was out, when I was filling in, um, uh, there were the Senate Bill 2346, uh, uh, the age verification for these pornography websites, uh, and there was a House bill, both of them got introduced. Uh, it was kind of a miracle of God that that even came about in this session. Um, it, yeah, you, typically you don't you don't call uh, a lobbyist and get a bill introduced. Uh, you call them the day before the the deadline uh, at five o'clock on Tuesday. I connected with Jameson Taylor at four o'clock on Monday, and uh, we got two bills introduced. But it, it's easier working with the state legislature than it is with my church sometimes. Sorry. Had to, you know, had to do it. Um, <laughs> amazing. And uh, 
both of the bills passed uh, in in the House, uh, in the Senate, went to committee, got out of committee, and uh, now they're in conference. Um, I'm, I, it's been a while since I took civics, like the tenth grade. I keep telling my lobbyist he knows this stuff backwards. I'm like, dude, I don't. That was in the tenth grade. It's been a few years. Tell me how this works. Uh, but it's in conference. Uh, there's a little bit of language difference, not much. Uh, word is it's, it'll go to one bill, and I mean it's already passed. And once they get that worked out, unless somebody's ego gets in the way, uh, it'll go to the governor to be signed. And uh, man, it, it's a it's a finger in the dot. <clears throat> there's there, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it ain't gonna stop this uh, this pandemic, the real pandemic. But it it is a finger in the dike, um, and I just want to share this. Uh, a, a journalist the other day, you'd be so proud. You like that, yeah? Um, when humanity divorced itself from its creator, certain disastrous consequences were set in motion. Consequences that are not directly related to moral sins, but still spell destruction for society. Our cultural chaos today is evidence of this disconnect. It was Mark Twain that said, man, God created man in his own image and man returned the favor. And, and guys, just the call to action, you know, we were up there at leadership uh, deer camp uh, this past weekend. And I, I, I just sit there and I go, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's on fire. And like, I mean, I go to church and I love church. Please go to church. But I go to church and it's like I get evangelized every Sunday. And we preach Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus preached the Father. And then Jesus showed us and told us how to live life, how to take action. Like it's, it's time to get our head out of our arses Great Mark, and take action. It may be your life. It may be your behaviors. It may be the things in your past. It's time to get over that. It's time to do something different. And it's time to engage. I love that passage, that verse, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature before God and man. I always say what that verse means, Jesus was not weird. Jesus was a leader. People don't follow weird people. And it's time for us to wake up, get engaged, take action. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So guys, let's dig in. Turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 23. We've been reading out of this, um, the story of David's men that he developed uh, from the cave of Adullam. In 2 Samuel 23, gives us the uh, rundown of the 
three mighty warriors, uh, other men like Benaiah that we've been reading about, and the 30 uh, warriors that became 37. So I want you to look um, at toward the end of the chapter uh, there in 23, and I want to introduce you to one brave soul. Naharei, the Berothite, weapon bearer of Joab, son of Zeruah. And we'll leave it at that. Naharei. What a man. What do we know about him? Not a whole lot. What's the story on your resume? What's the story on your resume? We don't know a, a lot about Naharai, the Berathite, but we know enough. He was an armor bearer, which means that he carried Joab's armor and ran his errands. It wasn't glamorous work, but put him in proximity to Joab, who was in proximity to David. And Naharia must have been diligent in his calling because he counted among the 37. He got included in the 37 just by being in the role of an armor bearer. Simple role, but there was something about his character. And I'd suggest to you, I believe Nahare was a humble man. Humility. Character. I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs uh, chapter 22 says this. 22 verse 29. Just simply says, Observe people who are good at their work. We might even just say, who are faithful, who do what they're asked to do. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. In your study Bible, that verse reads something like this. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. See, I would say that the way that the armor bearer got esteemed is that he did his job well. He was faithful. Look over at 1816 of Proverbs. Proverbs 1816 just simply says this. A gift gets attention. It buys the attention of eminent people. In your study Bible, the same verse just simply reads, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. A man's gift makes room for him. In other words, we are called to be faithful. You know, in, in my younger days, uh, when I was uh, beginning my career, as we all were, in whatever field you were in, and I was on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, you know, the, there were uh, different levels of responsibility and job titles, campus director, uh, regional director, and man, I had my eye on all of those. I wanted to be a campus director. And then I got to be a campus director and I hated it. 
And I'd, I'd wanted to be a district director, but I was thinking, if I don't like being a campus director, how can I be a district director? And then a regional director was, was in charge of 25% of the country. And I'd wanted to be a regional director. And, you know, I, I love those regional directors. They got to travel around and got to visit uh, campuses and speak in fraternity houses that I had set up the meeting for. Um, and I was miserable. I was miserable because that wasn't what God had planned for me. He had something much better. I mean, look, look, look at me now, you know, <laughs> standing before you, standing before you and God humbled me. And I've, I've gone through so much headache and heartache because of my own pride and my own arrogance and trying to write my own script. And God said, no, Phil, no, no. I sat with a, a guy for the first time yesterday. We did a Zoom call. He's from out of state and uh, somehow found us online. And dude, I mean, it took him 45 minutes of the 60 minutes that we sat together just to tell his broken, 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 broken story. What an incredible brokenness and he just so full of shame lost and he kept talking about the amount of money that he's lost and it was a big sum of money but I've heard of bigger losses than that you know it's all relative right but what I kept saying is is to him I said you know Joe we'll call him Joe right Joe God's writing your story I know because he's written my story. God's got a plan for your life. And you know what you're going through? Is the valley of humility. Don't, don't curse that ground. That is holy, holy ground. God calls us to be faithful. He invites us into humility. Look at Proverbs 16, 18. I, I love this this. Um, Proverbs proverb 16, 18 just simply says this. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Welcome, Phil. Glad you're here. Now, I, you know, I'm a lot of things, but I've never been accused of having a small ego. My ego is pretty big, and God gave me a tough little Texan to keep me humble. Thank God for tough little Texans. Right, Jason? <laughs> In your study Bible, that same verse reads, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Pride. I hate it. In me. I hope you hate it in you. There are two ways to get humble. Humble yourself or let God humble you. He will break your kneecaps. He will take you through that keyhole, as Jason said. Humility is the prologue of every success story in Scripture. Humble, humble, humble. Guys, I'm calling you out this morning. I'm calling myself out. Stop the pride. Stop the arrogance. Tune in to God, allow him to humble you so that he might use you. 
He's coming back. Will he find you surrendered or will he find you bowed up and frustrated? You know, I've come to the conclusion that the word frustration is code for judgment. Now think about it for a minute. I can, I can be sad, I can be hurting, I can be perplexed, I can even be despairing. But if I'm frustrated, think about that for a minute. That means that I have expectations about how you ought to be behaving or how I ought to be behaving. Frustration is, you know, kind of a woke word for judgment. How, how about we just say, you know, I want to judge you as not doing what I want you to do. I'm judging you. No, we say frustrate. I'm frustrated. You're just angry. You're mad because life ain't working the way you want it to work. I've been frustrated a lot of my life. I need to repent of that. You know, Most everybody is aware now of what's been going on in Asbury. Unbelievable. It's so cool. I I hope you'll pull that up, Google that, read it. You know, revival broke out in their chapel. They just had a normal chapel service, and it's been going on now for a couple weeks or more, 24-7, 24-7. When I was on staff with Campus Crusade and we were working with college students, we would have all-night prayer uh, sessions, and it was really special. Uh, we, would, we would go all night. That's one night, and then end up at Waffle House, you know, the next morning. This has been going on for weeks. I want to read to you just one little excerpt of what a dad, a dad took his teenagers up there, and people have been going in, observing uh, what God's been doing. The dad says this, it was an amazing experience for my family. Old and young filled the room and altar. People were healed and people were accepting Jesus. On the way home, I asked the kids what made the service so good. One of my kids simply said, it was only about Jesus. Wrap more words around that, I responded. Well, dad, it feels like most churches are about Jesus and something else. Usually it's good stuff, but you know, Jesus in a political thing or Jesus in a social justice thing, you know, Jesus in something else. It's like the purpose of most services is Jesus in another thing. He's sharing the stage in most churches. After a long pause, he finished his thought. Today we had church and it was just about Jesus. I think my kids are on to something. Somehow in our effort to make church better, We surrounded the simple gospel with a lot of other good things. Well, some of the extra isn't so good, is it? What we discovered was actually really simple. Thousands and thousands were coming from all over the country, not because they are hungry for Jesus in politics, social justice issues, flashy lights, superstar talent, or whatever extra thing we keep adding to old school, simple church. I think I agree with my kids. People don't need a busier church and a church vision. They need a clearer one. Maybe we all need to set out other, set our other good things aside and make church just about Jesus again. It was so good. Praise Jesus. What a powerful experience. 
our hearts are very full. It's about Jesus, guys. I don't want you to come to this if we're not pointing you to Jesus. Please quit coming. When we stop pointing you to Jesus, don't come. But I hope that you're even more committed because we're pointing you to Jesus this morning and hopefully every Thursday that we meet. And I'm so grateful that we've been doing this for 14 years now. Amazing. Jesus, did you know he's coming back? Amen. Amen. He's coming back. Watch this.
Amen. 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 Gentlemen, I'm calling you to be the lion, to be like Jesus. A call to arms. Be the lion. Eternal perspective. This is just a dot on a line. If you think of eternity as infinitely on a continuum or a spectrum, a dot on that line is your life and my life. But I want to be committed to the lion as I'm committed to the lion. Eternal perspective. You got to write it down. You got a journal. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Where are you headed? Put it on paper. So I want to close with just reading again the declaration that we started with. I would encourage you to write your own declaration. Uh, mine's kind of adapted from Mark Batterson's book that we've been using in our series. He called his writing a manifesto. I just call it a declaration. We'll close with this. I will quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Be the lion. I will set God-sized goals. I will pursue God-given passions. I will go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Be the lion. I will stop pointing out problems. I will become part of the solution. I will stop repeating the past. I will start creating my future. Be the lion. I will face my fears. I will fight for my dreams. I'll grab opportunity by the mane and not let go. Be the lion. I will live like today is the first day and last day of my life. I will burn sinful bridges. I will blaze new trails. I will pursue the next adventure. Be the lion. And I love this. I will live for the applause of male scarred hands. I will not let what's wrong with me keep me from whispering what's right with God. Be the lion. I will dare to fail. I'll dare to be different. I'll quit holding out. I'll quit holding back. I'll quit running away. I will use my gifts and brokenness to impact others. I will seek to be a brother and a father to others. I'll live in community. I will fight. I will be the lion. I will seek to be like Jesus. Will you? Will you? Will you? closing a word of prayer. Well, I thank you for the gift of this morning. I thank you for um, um, your word, um, our uh, Jason's testimony, Roan's action, uh, the men in this room. Lord, I pray that you would breathe on us in a way that would bring revival into our hearts individually and corporately as you've been working at Asbury. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for us, every one of us. 
We're grateful. And we thank you in, in your precious name. Amen. Have a great day.